Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Horror Story podcast by Bald Move, or the officially unofficial podcast for American Horror Story on FX. We're covering the 1984 season. This was episode five, Red Dawn. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your other host, Cecily. What did you think about Red Dawn? We saw a dawn. We it did. was quite red. In fact, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of like having the light be gradually brighter throughout the episode. Like I noticed like immediately, like, you know, there was there's a the light source coming up over the horizon and it was getting progressively brighter and it wasn't as pitch black as it was. Yeah, I like the episode a lot. I liked it. You know, not enough, not enough uh, Russian commies running around for Red Dawn, right? We, and, and we couldn't keep a Swayze brother around for Red Dawn. 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 We couldn't for Red Dawn. We couldn't keep a Swayze. Nope. What did you think of the episode? I liked it. Um, I mean, last episode I feel like was a real high water mark. Um, so I didn't like it as much as this. But oh my god, there is some really great shit. Like uh, Montana screaming, like why? Why do people think I'm a bad girl just because I have rad hair? <laughs> yeah. and, and she acts out her feelings. And I act out and act out my feelings. And what did what did Xavier say when he found out that? Uh, uh, Donna had betrayed them the jingles that he's just not going to be able to work anymore no it's something he I, I will we'll, there, there's there's just some really funny like quotes yeah um, yeah this episode has a lot of those good one-liners yeah we'll get to it when we get get to the, the recap but I yeah it's it's funny I continue to really enjoy the kind of tongue-in-cheek humor of this season for the spooktacular we watched sleepaway camp or is it Camp Sleepaway? Sleepaway Camp. You got it right the first time. Holy moly. So wow. much DNA of that so movie much. is in this show. And uh, it's really informed my uh, appreciation for especially like Montana's character, mm -hmm. Trevor's character. Um, <laughs> Trevor especially. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of great stuff. And, you know, that's uh, we'll obviously be talking about that on the upcoming Spooktacular three volume two uh <laughs> anything else we want to talk about in just general before we get into the episode proper uh you know this episode is one where i started to think towards the end like oh you know it's about the halfway point and it really it really makes it re i'm really getting that familiar feeling of this the wheels are starting to get loose not coming off yeah but where do you go from here it, it, you know when it's already been so much camp really just makes you wonder when when we're working with Brian, Ryan Murphy and Brian Falchuk. Yeah, the question is will they have a second stage boost? Is there any way they can they can they can reinvent this? I mean, there's a lot of fun ideas they can play with. Night soccer and jingles, uh driving down the highway, bopping the Billy Idol in a police car. Pretty fun concept. Yeah. Um you know, Montana and Xavier and Ray and the hyper hiker being stuck at this campground as a mortal kind of vengeful, you know, cynical ghosts is a pretty fun concept. Uh, you know, there's Margaret a pinning this all on Brooke, uh, the good girl who's going to be, you know, like, are, are we going to flash forward 15 years and Brooke's going to be in the mental institution, like turn into a killer? Like it's a hat on a hat. There's there's a, there's a lot of ways they could take this in a tongue in cheek, fun 1980s slasher way. Um, but but we'll see. Yeah, there's also a bit of news that just came out last night or uh -oh. yesterday. Uh oh. And that is this. Ryan will... Murphy tweets that <laughs> <laughs> it was actually on Instagram, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's on the gram. Okay, not not Twitter. But this season is only going to be nine episodes, so we've only got four more left. Now it's going to be the shortest American Horror Story season yet. Okay. And also next week is going to be the 100th episode, and Ryan Murphy is really excited about that concept. And it's going to be the the closest proximity to Halloween episode. No. It's going to be... Right? No, we're going to get one more on the 30th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, shit. Shit. Well, I didn't want to build it up too much because like, I built up Halloween episode last year, and it was kind of a bummer. But it would have been perfect. Man, if it's the 100th episode on the night before mm -hmm. Halloween Eve. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Tingles. But yeah, that's all I've got as far as uh, preamble here. Before we continue the podcast, a little bit of bald move housekeeping. Last Friday, Netflix released a Vince Gilligan directed and written El Camino, a little Breaking Bad epilogue for one Jesse Pinkman. 
As you probably know, we have every single second of Breaking Bad footage podcasted for posterity. So, you know, we had to gear up for one last ride with Jesse. That podcast dropped this Monday. So if you're jonesing for some of that old school Breaking Bad meth, give it a snort or a smoke, you know, whatever. Over on Pickle Me This, we're hard on the Rick and Morty Season 3 grind we release every Tuesday. This week, we're talking rest and Rick laxation with the author of The Science of Rick and Morty, Matt Brady. Check it out. Jim and I are also breaking down the deuce David Simon's love letter to 70s and 80s pornography. Not really. Uh, it's it's like The Wire's is love letter to the Baltimore drug trade. Uh, anyway, we're covering that final season. Every episode's released, released on Wednesday. It's an amazing television show. Mr. Robot's coming back, coming back strong. And we've got the final season coverage with episodes also released on Wednesdays. Cecil and I are also doing this thing we call the Cinematic Spooktacular over on the Bald Movies feed. Uh, this is the third one that we've done. Uh, we're subtitling it The Search for Spook. We had the first one drop last week. Another one will come out on October 20th. And then the final one, October 30th, Halloween Eve. On the Bald Movies feed, we're also covering Zombieland 2 Double Tap this week. And finally, we have a new feature. We just crossed a major milestone. Five years of lunches with Jim and Aaron for our club members. And to celebrate every Thursday, we're releasing a lunch out of that archive for free to the public, which we're calling Lunch with Jim and Aaron Reheated. If you've ever been curious about what a lunch is all about, check it out. Plus, it's a fun little window in Bald Move history. I used to have hair. Kind of on top of my head. I was trying. Uh, check that out in on uh, baldmove.com. Okay, well, let's get right into Red Dawn. Uh, we begin with another flashback to Donna's past as she tracks down her wayward daddy. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean it's her. It's, it's. I just hate that word coming out of your mouth. Uh, she she uh she tracks him down because she's she's this guy's been spending his nights away from mom and uh, she thinks he's philandering. Turns out he's much, much worse. He's filleting uh, women. Uh, she she goes in and she's expected to bust her dad getting busy. And instead, she finds a woman tied down to the bed, gutted from neck to navel. Uh, she, of course, briefly comes back to life to kind of flop around and get her guts everywhere and be horrific. Yeah. And you can see on the wall behind her, there's a bunch of Polaroid pictures of what must presumably be every woman he's murdered before that. Uh-huh. And it looked to be about I, I should have counted. It looked to be about 20 or more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Now, interesting, her father's played by uh, Tim Russ, who is uh, the one I know him mostly from uh, playing Tuvok, the the Mm. Vulcan on uh, uh, Star Trek Voyager. Uh, So it's kind of fun to to see him back as not a cool, logical Vulcan, but as a hot-blooded American man. You know, they had a character actor playing Brooke's dad in The Wedding, too, that they didn't really do anything with. People Hmm. speculated he would come back and have a bigger story. Well, he might still. All theories. Um, and we've already established that Tuvok can come back as a ghost because um, he does later this episode. Uh, he says that uh, you weren't supposed to see this side of me. This is a pain, a hunger that can never be satisfied. And she says, no, daddy, no one was born with this kind of darkness inside of him. This isn't you. I'm a psychologist. I can help you. And he he says, ra- you're just a student and blows his head off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's worse than that. He stabs himself in the neck with a kitchen knife. Which, oh, right. I forgot about that. How the fuck do you do that? Like just the angle, the stab. Your, I guess, I guess you can't actually do it, but whew. he's got a lot of practice stabbing things. Um, has there ever been a black serial killer? Yes. Is there been? Because like I know that like the like it's the white boys that put up the big numbers. Pretty, I'm pretty sure like. that Atlanta killer. I mean, the, was it the Beltway sniper? Um, that was the key. That 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 happened about ten years ago, where he's going around in a in a, a car that had like a hole cut through it so he could he could shoot people and mm. that he was like preying on people at like at filling stations and whatnot around the dc baltimore area yeah i don't know there's been i mean there are certainly a lot less minority and women which is one of the minority killers right interesting right. it's rare um i yeah so i i knew you were the cr- true crime expert i just want to run that past you no expert um, how many black vulcans have been serial killers all of them because i know they can go kind of nuts during pond fire and they also have that uh degenerative vulcan aging you know i feel like this is the wrong crowd for your star trek lore i bet you're pretty wrong <laughs> i find horror fans and star trek fans are pretty pretty tightly coupled okay um, well if you're a star trek fan leave us a review on itunes <laughs> <laughs> uh 
anyway, uh, we then flash back to the future where the Night Stalker is explaining to uh, Dee Dee, as he calls her, this is her daddy's pet name for her, uh, that Satan brought him back to death and gave Satan, him a bunch Satan, of inside Satan, info Satan. about Donna. And he knows all about the darkness that resides in not just her daddy. Mm-hmm. But everyone, even you. Mm-hmm. Then Daddy Tuvok comes back and says, cosign everything the Night Stalker's <laughs> saying. You do got the darkness in it, you girl. Follow my footsteps. You got no choice. Yeah. So there's a couple forces at work here. One, I think this confirms <laughs> that Richard Ramirez, he wasn't previously possessed by the devil. This is like a first time thing. And it's definitely a different demon type of Interesting. possession, not a ghost. It's there's a lot of people that seem like they're confused uh, by the fact that, um, well, how is Satan resurrecting people if he's not resurrecting everyone? I feel like there's two things going on here. There is the AHS stock regular ghost rules that are definitely in place for most of the people being killed here. Uh, but there's also some kind of satanic resurrection. Right. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, I'm (laughs) sorry. Okay. So he and Jingles are in the part or in the camp of people who i think committed themselves to satan before they died maybe jingles, jingles was just alive enough for him to nod his approval that he commits okay. to satan yeah that's my operating theory that these two are something different because they can also leave yes that's the thing and we- also i'm gonna say that it's satan that brought satan, back satan, satan, satan. her dd's daddy yeah uh, and he's not an actual ghost, but maybe some sort of apparition he created to convince her to kill. Because if he was a ghost, there's no way he would be there. Because yeah. he didn't die there. Well, I mean, maybe Satan just uh, you know brought him up the express elevator from hell to say pop out. That's you what know, I'm saying. Yep. S- say a couple hail Satan's, and then we'll <laughs> go back down to to whatever to, to burn forever, whatever. Yeah. Plus, Satan's also a famous trickster. Uh, he likes to deceiving. He likes deceiving people. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's uh, this is all just an elaborate uh, trick on him or on her. Uh, so this obviously fucks up uh, Donna and uh, we'll, we'll visit with her a little bit later. Uh, Xavier, the the group, the, the group of survivors has found the Cadillac around that it's burning and Xavier's gone all burn happy. Uh, he's <laughs> breathed the fire of a thousand white. That's the that's the phrase. I breathed the fire of a thousand white suns. <laughs> Uh, white hot suns and he thinks now everything has to burn this lasts for like 30 seconds and he gets pistol whipped and doesn't no, really he come doesn't back want up. everything to burn i think he just wants to make a gigantic f- signal fire yeah but he definitely gets a little yeah he gets Denethor, pretty happy. Yeah. uh of lord from lord of the rings like you know gotta burn like the heathen kings of old he's got a point though yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um he's wanting to start a signal fire uh margaret pistol whips him to keep him from you know burning it all down uh, they decide to recruit, regroup back at the cabins because why not? You know, it's a set. It's already been paid for. Let's get back there. And it's, of course, still night. Five mm-hmm. episode long night. So funny that we laughed at the possibility of a night lasting five episodes in the first episode. <laughs> it blew our minds. Not only has it come to pass, it's been the most consistently entertaining stretch of American Horror Story we ever could have imagined. It's so great. It's such a great thrill every time you something happens and you're like, wait a minute, this is happening at the same night. Yeah. You know, Brooke has sex with Ray and goes back to yeah. the cabin with Mon- Montana. I'm like, this is the same night. <laughs> Yeah, but you know it is in the true eighty horror flash or slasher flick uh-huh. type of trope for them to have really quick satisfying sex. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's very Halloween thirty second. Uh, although I feel like the reviews were mixed on that. The ghost D. Uh, we'll talk about here when we get when we get to that scene. Right now, Margaret has an idea to take the boat across the lake because she saw some campers over there uh, that have a vehicle and they might be able to get help. Mm. And she asked Chet to go with her, and there's no reason why. Montana volunteers Chet to go with her. Right, but I'm saying there's no reason why Chet should go along with this. He's on should be on death's door. Right. But he kind of evens like, uh, sure, I guess. And this one kind of made sense for me, because if they get to the other side, then he, presumably, if there's a car or something or a phone, he would the be the first to get medical attention, right? Most in need of medical attention. Yeah. Not Xavier? He's no. Eh, I guess burns versus like <laughs> bleeding out. Like he's deep puncture wounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you saw how that blood came gushing out. Like the elevator true. doors in The Shining. That's true. Uh, so they they take off, and then Brooke sees Ray running around outside, 
and she goes off to see what's up with that and montana kind of curses that she's missed her chance at revenge because she's trying to steal herself to kill brooke this entire episode she decided waiting on the night stalker is uh is a bad play yeah and she hasn't killed anyone yet or at all yeah uh ray catches up or i'm sorry uh brooke catches up with ray wait wait, wait. we didn't talk about xavier calling out for a sandwich from birdie in his sleep oh (laughs) (laughs) which i loved yeah yeah he's he's, he talks a good game about the you know resisting her charms but turns out yeah you get enough third degree burns and uh, also she saved his life yeah and he killed her yeah i can see that's uh for and that yeah he had the the penetrator (laughs) slowly (laughs) painfully (laughs) to kill her i guess um i can see how that could get twisted yeah that could get twisted up in dream space sure uh so ray she 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 talks to ray and it's like oh thank god you didn't abandon us i knew you wouldn't and he says i remember riding on the bike and then falling off uh but then there's some jingle jangling happening and they're scared off because you know jingles is a scary man uh, which brings us to Chet and Margaret row, row, rowing their boat across the lake. Uh, she, hey, Aaron. Yeah? You ever think about death? All the time. <laughs> like right now, I'm thinking about it. Okay, good. Because uh, I got a surprise for you. Uh, it's it's scary because your body rots and then essentially you are one with the endless void. Yeah. And she says, oh, yeah? Well, have you ever thought about Jesus? And he's Because <laughs> he'll like, make it ten times worse. <laughs> and he's like, uh, nah, thanks. I'm all good. And then she starts talking this mess about harboring, him harboring a secret. that She can tell the real boys from the fake ones. And he's like, fuck you. You don't know me. Uh, I Is Chet closeted gay? I didn't get that. Or maybe he is, but is this like... A sleepaway camp reference within the same episode, or do I, do I just have it on the brain? Telling the real boys from the fake ones. Mm. And there was some, let's say, discussion on that topic in the sleepaway camp. Yeah, don't don't spoil our spectacular. Um, but she then says, "Well, you know, I tried to save your soul," uh, and then she beats him to death. Attempt, attempts to beat him to death, or uh, then he, she tries to cut his uh, ear off, but he's not dead enough to be cool with that. She's got so some sturdy sea legs in this scene. She's- she she really does, because this boat is rocking, and she gets an anchor, ties around his ankle, throws it overboard. Now, this this is maybe a 5, 10, 15-pound anchor. They're treating it like it's like a 500-pound ship-of-the-line anchor. Well, he's got a big hole in him. He just that's <laughs> I guess that's faster. true. He, he's, he's taking on water, and he's sinking fast anyway. She rips his ear off as he goes down. As he's going ah. over, she smashes his fingers and rips his ear off as she, he's going down to Davy Jones' locker. Uh, honestly, I think he could have tried harder to take uh, her with him. I think that's what a real boy would have done. <laughs> oh, that's the difference. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're figuring things out here. Yeah. So uh, that's that. Now, is Chet a ghost? Like, he should be a ghost, right? I'm not he sure. Uh, it's, it's not clear to me who are coming back as ghosts and who are not. I think so. Once we get to the end of this, once yeah. we figure out who all is dead and who's living, I want to talk about ghost rules with you towards the end. Fair enough. Uh, so we're back to Ray and Brooke and in uh, the mess hall they're gonna get messy they are gonna get messy uh, Brooke has a dream she didn't come out to LA to be somebody she came out to LA to be nobody because she reveals that she grew up as a nerd was very uh, very studious and she was the top rate, ranked student in her class and there was a boy who consistently came in second and he turned the whole class against her mm-hmm. so to solve that problem she pretended to be dumb and then was second best and he started liking her uh, and then she got engaged to be married to this guy mm-hmm. and she talks about how like you know she was kind of sleepwalking through her life and let other people making decisions and being something she wasn't and she just wanted to get all that pressure off and discover who she was and Ray's there saying like hey babe I like you just as you are you're pretty rad and she's like you know what I think I'm gonna kiss you and you know what I think I want to fuck you. Yeah. And they do. The world's going to end. Why not? Why die a virgin? Because you want to be the final girl? No. Does this ruin her chances? I mean, this. All I mean, this... it kind of did. Like, it all, like, you know, she gets a, a framed for a horrific double digit murder spree at the end of this episode. So, yeah. 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 But it's the fucking that did it to her. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. in like Cabin in the Woods rules. Yeah. Just, yeah. But, men uh, ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ghost, not a man, first of all. 
Uh, so Xavier bemoans to Montana his burn victim status impacting his Hollywood career. He talks about this. Uh, what was it? Was it Seventh Heaven or? I don't know. It wasn't a show that I'd heard of or yeah. watched. Yeah, I think it's the one with the dad from Little House on the Prairie. It's called like Seventh Heaven or Highway to Heaven. Yeah, it's Highway to Heaven. Uh, where he's supposed to play a cheerful bellhop is like, do you see this face being cheerful? <laughs> and he has like that Joker face. Yeah. Um. And uh, then uh, Dee Dee, uh, fake Rita, as you may may recall, uh, shows up and confesses to unleashing Jingles, but says, "Hey, if you're ready to be uh, let bygones be bygones, I still got my rabbit gassed up waiting in the staff lot, and we can get out of this nightmare if we only band together." Xavier's not having it. He screams, it's your fault my future isn't radio. First of all, Xavier, cheer up. You might be able to make it in podcasting. Right, just wait 20-ish years, 20, yeah. 30 years. Yeah, you'll be you'll be ready to go. Uh, he clumsily stab attacks her, misses, she evades, and they he, both run pell-mell off into the night. He just straight up throws Montana out of his way at this scene. Yeah. So good. I'm not going to complain. She does. She deserves to be thrown around a bit. That's true. Uh, Ray and Brooke are having a bit of pillow, pillow talk where she reveals that she's a virgin and thirsty. Hell yeah, you are, girl. Thirsty right. as hell. Yep. I didn't know that penises would be so cold my first time. <laughs> she goes to... I want to know how you get achieved an erection with a resting blood pressure of zero over yes. zero. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just pushing a noodle around. Uh, she goes to the fridge, and Ray's head is right there next to the cold cuts. <laughs> she finds his head for a second time and does not want to go again. She's got this. She got the. She's finding out she got the ghost D, and she runs for the seventeenth million time, pell mell into the night. See, this is what I'm saying. What the fuck? Why is Mister Jingles thinking? He picks up the head and puts it in the freezer. Why? I don't know. Because he wants to snack on it later. There, There is a lot of like, yeah, why would he do that? Or was it Margaret that did it, found the head, put it in the fridge? Because mm. she's like building the story about Jingles attacking, which she should have stuck with. So she's building. So yeah, so a lot of this like serial killer trapping stuff she might be doing deliberately just to. To frame Jingles, including yeah. what she thinks is killing him or xavier killed him at the end so i'm not sure why she diverted the last second and blames brooke it doesn't make any sense but yeah well i want to talk about that when we get <laughs> okay. to it here are the highlights coming up this week on bald move for prestige me and aaron are still extending our shogun afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s tv miniseries last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with lord toranaga doing the tango what delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday, join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood and the on-screen action for Season 1 and what they mean for the character's story and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. So Brooke runs pell-mell straight into Montana's arms, and she screams, Are you dead? Is everyone here dead? Uh, Montana smashes her in the face and says, Don't worry, you'll be leaving soon. Sounds like she's working herself up to a murder. Sounds Cecily. like she is. Uh, a subtitle helpfully reveals that it's 20 minutes till dawn. Ooh. Montana reveals how she's always hated Brooke. This is all stuff we already knew, but right. Brooke doesn't. Uh, she claims that she's a black hole where light goes to die. Uh, she complains that she's seen as a bad girl just because she's got rad hair and she acts on her feelings where Brooke is just seen as innocent and sweet and a victim. Thankfully, uh, the innocent, sweet mentality caused her to bring knitting as a hobby. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. She reveals that she sicked the Night Stalker on her because she wasn't sure she was bitching enough to be able to do Brooke in herself. She goes to choke out Brooke with, I think, some yarn. Maybe. Uh, but then Brooke stabs her in the leg with a crocheting needle and then runs off for the 18th millionth time, pell-mell into the night. <laughs> Chased by Montana? Chased by a fucking Tasmanian devil <laughs> incarnation. Yeah, the Tasmanian devil has possessed Montana. <laughs> yes. And uh, she goes following her. Uh, Jingle then confronts Dee Dee slash Donna slash fake Rita slash daddy's girl. And she wants <laughs> him to end her because she can't live with the darkness inside her. But he says, fuck that. I've only got one kill left. You need to live with yourself and what you've done. 
And after he patches him up somewhat, he leaves. Uh, hey, also asshole. She's not going to be able to live with the darkness. She's just going to kill a bunch of people. So, like, are you on board with killing people or not? If not, you should probably end her. But because it, she's got darkness inside her. Right. Awful judgy for someone who's guilty of the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Although he got manipulated and twisted into it, she's doing it because she's the doctor and she thinks she knows better. I fucking I don't know the, how to calibrate the morality here. Nope. Uh, Montana then stalks Brooke throughout the campsite in Tasmanian devil mode. <laughs> Finally, they get into a really vicious girl fight. Yeah. There is hair being pulled. There is faces being smashed. There's claws that have come out. Brooke kicks Montana across the room at some point. And Montana Monta shows up out of nowhere once she hears a noise like a velociraptor. She, oh man, when she came flat, like when Brooke dodged her behind the counter and then she like makes a little bit of noise and she just comes flying in like a fucking cougar. Holy shit. Uh, Brooke gets a slasher knife, but Montana is not intimidated and she keeps coming at her. Uh, Jingles then finds Margaret, confronts her, chokes her Darth Vader style, lifting her bodily up off the ground and starts crushing her neck. Now, Margaret's going for her knife that she's got stashed in her, her belt and you think mm -hmm. she's going to get to it in time, but it turns out she doesn't have to because you know what? Xavier played Robin Hood in Dinner Theater and uses those mad archery skills mm -hmm. to Boromir the fuck out of Jingles. <laughs> and you're goddamn right that's a second Lord of the Rings reference I've worked in in this episode. And also... Kept it in the family, too. Yeah, he did. And if you guys, if you guys fucking complain about the Star Trek and Lord of the Rings, I'm going to drop Firemir on you next. <laughs> no, please, God. But he's so he's got he's retained his skills so much that he's shooting double arrows at him. He's doing he's he's uh he's Robin Hood Prince of Thieves yeah. this guy, which I'm pretty sure didn't come out yet, but I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of the old Errol Flynn. Maybe Errol Flynn does the double arrow trick. Maybe. As a as a archery enthusiast myself, I thought uh, Xavier had a pretty good technique, especially by Hollywood standards. Mm -hmm. Uh kind of unconventional two finger draw, but I think yeah. that might have been like historical for Robin Hood times, like English Welsh longbowmen used a two finger technique, mm -hmm. but um, instead of the the this the more standard three finger technique, yeah. Uh, and then you can also do the really non standard Ooh. and highly controversial shocker. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> he lost me there. Uh, I love his little celebration dance once he once he takes him down. Yeah, he puts like twelve arrows in jingles, and he finally succumbs to the many, many, many wounds that he suffered tonight. Like he got carved up by the Night Stalker. He got at least five, maybe six shots put into him by Margaret's hand cannon. Now he's got like twelve dowel rods. No, he didn't get carved chest. up by the Night Stalker. Oh yeah, he did. That was Ray. No, no, no. I'm talking about when they had their battle. Night Stalker versus Jingles. Night Stalker oh, got some Jingles. Good... I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about Xavier's. No, 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 no. I'm talking okay. about Jingles dying from his. Yeah, wounds. finally. Except uh, he's not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I think he is. He got brought back by Satan. There's a big difference there. Is there? Uh, for his trouble, Xavier gets gutted by Margaret. Uh, then. In the same scene, Jingles just comes back to it's life. Just like when she opens up his stomach, it's just a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches come out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, Jingles <laughs> comes back to life, and the Night Stalker is leering over his face, asking him to accept Satan as his master. And Jingles kind of like non-committally is like, eh, eh. I mean, maybe Satan accepts shrugs. I, I bet he does. I think so. Yeah, Satan's uh, building a big tent. He'd rather have him pissing. He'd rather him inside the tent pissing out. Than outside the tent pissing in. Yeah. So shrugs are fine. Amen. Uh, <laughs> wait, isn't a satanic amen like literally Nema? I don't know. It's backwards amen because that. <laughs> that's like literally the height of satanic creati creativity. Well, that's hack. Take all the God stuff, turn it backwards. Upside down. Ooh. <laughs> um, so dawn breaks over Camp Redwood and the kids are finally coming in a bright yellow school bus. They're singing 99 bottles of beer. Mm -hmm. Sunrise. Um, they're so close to the camp and they're only on 98 bottles. What the fuck? That's what I was thinking. As the bus driver, either they just started who knows how many number iteration of this song and they just started again. How can you still be so cheerful after this trip? Everybody just loves a fucking summer camp. The, I mean, count the counselors came up in about two hours, right? Or am I making that up? It's a couple hour trip, right? It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, it's 166 miles. So okay. that's probably a good three, four hour trip from LA. Yeah. Jeez. 
Uh, I mean, it's like three or four hours to get out of L.A. and then like another three or four hours to get up to the mountains. But, you know, you know how how the L.A. traffic works. You've seen 24. It's not a problem, turns out. Uh, So uh, the kids pull up and they see Brooke butchering Montana. She's just stabbing the shit out of it. And the kids find it all a scream. Out of it. Uh, now that the medics and cops are here, Margaret sees her opportunity to stab herself in the leg, which, like, did she need to fake an injury? I mean, she's covered in blood because, like, the camp has a wash in it. It's like, I, I don't know if she needed to sell it, but she did. She stabs herself in the leg and then goes up to the nearest officer and blames <laughs> Brooke for going psycho and attacking everyone. Yeah. Do you want to talk why? about... Okay, I guess my question is, why not? Because Brooke would back up the actual story does brooke doesn't know that she's the actual killer mm-hmm. so why wouldn't she just go with the story that it was jingles all along because that makes the most sense the problem is she thinks he's dead so he's not going to prove them wrong brooke yeah. didn't see any of it that she knows i don't know if she thinks she's dead if this guy got up immediately like she might be like okay i can't account for donna uh, or fake Rita. I can't account for Jingles. I can't account for the Night Stalker. Here's a person who we just saw stabbed to death another counselor. She's got a knife. She's got a murder weapon. She's covered in other people's blood. Plus, but, Margaret's... I mean, she's crazy, too. So, like, I, I, it's like, I don't... I'm just saying that I think her it's... Her actions, se- I don't think, have to make perfect sense. Well, I'm just saying that she, she put all this work into blaming... And uh, plotting against Jingles and making it seem like he was the one killing all these other campers. Mm-hmm. And tre- and Trevor, the way she killed him with the murder weapon and everything, it just doesn't... Yeah, and I guess even if Jingles easier. gets away, like, still, like, everyone's gotta... going to believe that he absolutely... He killed a bunch of people getting out of mental institution and mm-hmm. he came to camp. And like, even if he's like, no, 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 you got me all wrong, Margaret framed him, it's going to sound like... A delusional right. serial killer. Right, so. and, and Brooke and Montana are their own thing. It doesn't even have to... It's not even a part of your story. It just okay, seems me, like a lot me, more work to try, try this to on you. I got a theory. The... I have a theory. The reason she framed Brooke for the murders is because the plot of the second half of this season requires it. It's because... <laughs> how's that for, it's, how's that for a hot she's... take? Brooke's fiance's other sister. She was Montana's sister the whole time. I knew oh it. Oh my I knew it. God. <laughs> uh, that's a hot take. Yeah. So the the cops are combing the the uh, camp and they found Ray's head, but no body. They put it in a brown paper bag. A brown paper bag that as Ray casually walks by in the background, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, oh, they didn't even put that together. Like they were just looking at his face, and there he is. Yeah, 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 just walking around. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, I don't know that you would like. Is that the dead guy's face? It you would know? probably be unrecognizable. Yeah, being all white. Plus, and like people when bloody. they die, they like you, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, they they go all livid and it's got modeling and they get all puffy and there's you're not your best self when your head's cut off. Yeah, they actually. In the fridge, they had, like scooped out his eyes and like, they? and they filled his head full of fruit. They were gonna serve it at the oh, party. Oh, really? Melon yeah. him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can't really recognize him. Uh, so a medic finds him and sees him covered in blood and starts to do some vital signs on him. Finds that his blood pressure is zero. Uh, they figure this is some kind of medical emergency and pile him into an ambulance. Some kinda. But just as they're leaving the property, he gets yanked out of the ambulance and deposited on the road because he's a ghost. He can't wants leave. to go home. He can't go home. Hyper Hiker comes by to say, relax, you're already home. This is your new home, Camp Redwood. Okay. Why does a Hyper Hiker know what the fuck is going on That's now? That, Okay, so that's what I want to talk about in this section called Ghost Rules. Okay. What the fuck? Okay. I mean, the one <laughs> hard it. and fast ghost rule that American Horror Story has always had, and to my knowledge, never violated, is a person violently murdered on a property that collects ghosts for whatever reason cannot leave the bounds of the property unless it's halloween unless it's halloween yes which is coming up which is very convenient not in the show but in real life it's coming up in the show it's still early june right oh it's whenever the olympics are yeah yeah well but we, we, we're obviously are... going to do a little bit of flash forwarding right obviously <laughs> i mean so you... chet trevor are unaccounted for as ghosts mm-hmm I wonder if you have Birdie. to be something of a bad person to come back as a ghost or like, you know, because like Chet and Trevor seem like they were pretty pure of heart. Like the worst thing Chet ever did is cheat 
to take anabolic steroids, which literally every professional athlete does, as far as I can tell. Right. What about the hyper hiker? Is he going to have more of a violent story? I to wonder him? if there's like some something sketchy about him too. Trying Although to Xavier, what's what's why would Xavier? He didn't really do anything. No, bad. he was like, a hero till the end. In my he got, heart, he got if um, he got uh, pimped into being in porn against his will. Like that's not evil. But it's an '80s thing to do to punish your gays. I yeah. still do it sometimes today. Plus, uh, Sarah still. Paulson's character got uh, like her only crime was being addicted to drugs, wasn't it? Or no, she actually got someone killed. I think some like one so, some drugs? some. Is yeah. that intent? If it's not intentional, was it intentional? That was long. That was yeah. a couple seasons ago. Again, like I, that's not evil. That's like a medical problem, uh, addiction. You know, so like I. But I don't know. I don't know how the ghost rules view it because i also don't view being like virginal as like a super huge virtue either right like, but like you know horror rules do ray had no memory of getting his head chopped off or being a ghost until he saw his head in the fridge so throughout the course of the show maybe meeting with margaret is that what made jonah hyper hiker become aware of mm. him being dead and being on this loop de loop yeah, I don't know, because like I will say that my history with AHS uh, leads me to believe that we probably won't get super satisfying answers to these questions. Oh no! It, like I like it'd be surprised me if they violate the big ghost rules, but like why some people are ghosts and others aren't, or maybe they all will be ghosts. Like that would be satisfying to me if you got like all the different, you know, you got the people like Montana that's going to revel in it, and then you got the people like Chet that's going to be like, ah, oh, Jesus, seems like a lot, and Xavier. Um, I don't know. Is uh, Xavier's uh, sugar daddy going to come back to life? Right. He was not a great person. Right. He died being a peeping Tom. So yeah. I don't know who else yeah. died. Who else died? And then then uh, Dee Dee's daddy came back apropos of nothing. Right. Oh yeah. That's what I. That's what I wanted to see. Was this? No, that was too recent. But that was. I was also... going to say was his his murder camp build or was it on the campgrounds before the campgrounds were established or something but no she died way too recently mm -hmm. but i don't know i guess donna was also a therapist graduated maybe and this is her first like or she's still in school because she was working on a thesis was or it? was that a lie to get jingles out i don't, I don't know. know who can keep track <laughs> Uh, so Jingles and the Night Stalker steal a cop car. Uh, Montana kills the stranded cop and says there is no Montana, only Zool. But she explains that she's just kidding and joking around because she sees this as a huge opportunity to have some fun and essentially be demigods on the campground. Mm, she calls uh, it purgatory in the scene. Yeah. Uh, Xavier and the hyper hiker are skeptical of how fun this is going to be. Uh, then we have uh, the Night Stalker and Jingles rocking out together to Billy Idol's Blue Highway as they bomb down the road. Uh, Richard Ramirez uh, jokes that he needs to watch uh, keep or keep his seatbelt buckled, and they all have a good laugh about their newfound satanic immortality. <laughs> we get a Jingles and Ramirez Roadshow. Uh, it's promises to be entertaining as they head to L.A. together. To I, I mean, like, why is it going to be promised entertaining? These two psychos going around murdering people. I mean, shit, that's essentially the plot of Friday the 13th and everybody liked Jason, so... Right. I'm not oh, going to feel guilty about it. I'm not, I will not be shamed for my enjoyment of fake serial, serial killing. Okay, fine. Just putting cool. everybody on notice. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on this purgatory concept? Because Ryan Murphy heard about the nine circles of hell and he <laughs> loved it. He's like, you know what? I don't have enough time to get all, the or all this stuff in, but we got the 100th episode coming up, so... Uh, I think he's our Virgil here. I think that I'm not going to take too much stock in what Montana says literally 30 seconds after she reincarnates as a ghost. Like she says purgatory. What the fuck does she know? But Billy Lord didn't ad lib it. I think I no, think it's yeah, there. I that it. word is there on purpose. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe it's just like that's like, you know, if she uh, she's a human that grew up in this Judeo-Christian Western world, and she has concepts like ghosts and God and devil and hell and heaven and purgatory. She's not in hell. She's not in heaven. Where does she be? Purgatory. So, like, I feel like that is something she could say in universe character, but not, like, literally be true. Yeah. But I don't know. We also got Satan in the picture, so maybe it is literally Satan, true. Satan, Satan, 
I don't know. I don't feel like summer camp is is really. But if they are in purgatory, then what is the sin that Xavier has to atone for? What is the sin the hyper hiker has to uh, atone for? We'll find out. Who knows? They died unbaptized. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. it. You cracked the code. Oh, that would be hilarious if that's literally the only, <laughs> like, that's literally the thing that kept them there. All theories, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That they just happened to be, their parents were irreligious, didn't see the, yeah, they did get sprinkled, didn't right. get confirmed. Uh, they just died as unbaptized babes. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's the episode. Yep. I have some now feedback for, if you'd I'm, like to consider. I'm ready for the after party. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right. If you would also like to be a part of the after party, then you can send your emails to ahs at baldmove.com where we will discuss... All the theories every week. Ain't no party like an AHS after party. <laughs> nope. Because an AH after party lasts about 15 to 20 minutes and then ends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on the forums.baldmove.com, we've got a lot of uh, fans that are in there discussing the episode in real time every week. We're having a lot of fun. They're having a lot of fun. You know who else discussing is Discussing having... ghost time. Yeah, ghost time. <laughs> Which could mean anything. Yeah, like a whole evening can last for five weeks yeah. in ghost time. If that's what you want, you're a ghost. can flash backwards, forwards, sideways, <laughs> laterally. Yep. <laughs> so the first feedbacker this week, who may or may not be alive, is Jamie. Mm. Jamie says, hey guys, Red Dawn was a great episode. My initial response was bewilderment. These kids, these kids are trapped in purgatory? Is Murphy giving in to this nine circles of hell philosophy that he saw on Instagram? The preview for next week was quite short, but it made a big stink that next week is the 100th episode. I have a feeling this is going to be some major connections in the next one. Are we going to encounter some game-changing information on the world of AHS? That's my prediction. Easy one to make. Game-changing? It's the halfway point. Of course. That's Game-changing? Game-changing. They always flip the script halfway through mm, the season and mm. start switching it up. Regarding the episode, it was brutal. Margaret is deranged, and is Chet really dead? Rita needing a redemption arc is stupid and forced. You think so? Uh, I don't know. I don't if, know if she's redeemed yet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true. I also think it would be interesting to, like, are they going to assemble a team of killer killers? That we can like actually root for, like like Brooke serial killing the serial killers. Yeah, because like there's like, so many fucking multiple death killers that are that are 
walking around that like either powered by satanic energy or their own their own flesh and blood bodies like it would be kind of interesting to see the good girl brooke just unleashed on them plus we know how violent emma roberts is so what if brooke is what is her name billy billy dean whoever the psychic spirit is oh yeah what if she's a young version of her because that would totally work It'd be about 20 years until she shows up in Murder House. What, what if that? she changes her identity and becomes the psychic because of this Do experience? Do we know anything she... about her background other than... Nope. She's just a blank slate right now. And it does seem like that's something Murphy's liking to do is to make those connections to the other seasons of the anthology. I could see that. Yeah, slip in a Sarah Paulson cameo with the next episode show her flash forward 20 yeah. years in the future. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> My own theory. Um, Getting high off her own supply. <laughs> Jamie continues, the prediction I have is that Brooke is going to be rather silent or non-existent for an episode and that she's going to come back like a badass. It's exactly what happened with Allie and Colt. She got frames for the shooting, got arrested, and when she got out, she turned into this take-no-prisoners badass. This was this total 180 from hysterical, shriveling coward she was in the first few episodes. Hmm. That certainly is a theory we will accept. Mm. <laughs> Eric says... This season is a banger. I'm hoping for a chase scene to set to Michael Jackson's thriller, but whatever. Uh, it's not too late. They're really leaning into the idol this season. Yeah. Which I, I, I dig. I, I like that. Yeah. He's the truth. I, I, I agree with their night soccer on one thing. <laughs> uh, I love them kids pulling up to camp to see the Brooks, to see Brooke kill Montana. Fuck Margaret. Hashtag justice for jingles. No, I just can't agree with anyone who's on Mr. Jingle's side. Why? He's, it's a tragic story. He was turned into a killer against his will. Yeah, but he's also a killer now. Yeah. It's still it's a tragic. It's still tragic. I mean. There's no justice to be had anymore is all I'm saying. I guess that's literally true. <laughs> yeah. But I still feel bad for him because, you know. Just kind of like because uh, of the war. I mean, that yeah, I mean he's, son he's of a essentially bitch like uh, Twisty the Clown all over again. Like you know, we were mad sympathetic to that guy. Yeah, I liked him though. I mean, <laughs> this guy like wasn't mentally a simpleton, but by the time he got like all twisted up in the brain and pumped full of drugs and pumped full of brain current, then he he's 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 not he's he's not the guy he used to be. That's for sure. Maybe that's it. He doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> I like the homage to Murder House when Brooke has sex with a ghost. I guess they're going to have a 1984 Antichrist baby that's going to inexplicably turn out to be the Asylum Twins, Cecily. Yes, thank you for that. We didn't talk about the potential of baby. Ghost baby. Ghost yeah. baby. Yeah. He blasted his cold, ghostly semen inside her. And oh, no. Oh, no. Gonna, gonna mutate with a live, warm human egg. And... I do not like the way that makes me feel. <laughs> do you think his sperm cells have like little tiny sheets with eye holes cut yes. into them? Just going, going to the egg. All of them are separate from oh, the head. It's like Night of the Living Dead. They're all smashing through the walls with their tails flopping in there and like eggs inside going, ah! ah! Yeah. No, all the sperms have pumpkin heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i like it it's, i like it i think that's how eighth grade health class went i think so <laughs> we did grow up in a small town forgive us oh <laughs> uh, where's donna i think she might have actually died in late last episode when montana hit her with a branch anyways next oh, week is ghost, episode we got go we're dealing with ghost donna ghost donna yeah it's a possibility yeah I or mean... in that scene what we didn't see is sh when her father spoke to her, she accepted Satan. So now she's either got to die to become demon reborn, or she's just going to be acting on Satan's behalf until she does die. Yeah, love it. She, she's fucking hiding in the back seat of the cop car. <gasps> That's so her. I mean, she was already so good at that as a, as a living person. Now that she's a potentially dead acolyte of Satan, yeah, who's accepted the full evil. She could probably fit into an overhead baggage compartment. Like, yeah, she's a tiny force to be reckoned with. Yeah, uh, probably lots of crossovers at the expense of good storytelling. But the Thelma <laughs> and Louise style uh, pairing of Mr. Jingles and the Night Stalker is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, if nothing else. <laughs> Final piece of feedback from Cody. Uh, what a night. 
So the ghosts are aware? Yes, they are now. Margaret never looked into Jonas's ghost. Yeah, the Margaret and Ramirez thing and the Margaret and Jonas thing. Well, I guess there's not anything that needs to happen there. We got four more episodes for that to pay off. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't set your hopes too high, though. Uh, ghosts can have sex? Of course they can. We've all seen Murder House. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah. Uh, will Brooke become a slasher or seek revenge? Maybe, if she doesn't spend the next 14 years in a asylum oh especially if she does like it's a lock that she's going to become a some sort of uh, 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 avenging angel uh serial killer a lock a lock and will these ghosts get revenge on margaret somehow it's more of a lock than a guy in a wheelchair on lost it's a mortal lock <laughs> it's more of a lock than an anchor around your ankle uh what do you think about the ghosts getting it's revenge more of on a margaret? lock than nessie's home <laughs> What? What? What'd you ask me? Ghost getting revenge on Margaret. Uh, yeah, no, I think that would be that'd be pretty sweet. So especially if she gets off with this, they're just gonna what put a butterfly bandage on her thigh and right. she'll be there to help the camper. There, I mean, there's well, plenty, they, of, plenty of sandwiches ready to go. Sends their kids to Camp Redwood. Like if they if this is gonna be like a next year thing, uh, I I like the camp closed because a violent murder got loose and killed a bunch of people. Camp reopens on its first day. Violent murders get loose and murder everyone. Right. For what they know, there Mr. Jingles yeah. was there. Yeah. Unless Margaret's not going to say anything until they find their bodies. So what they know of, presumably, is that Brooke was a murderer and Jingles was also out murdering people. <laughs> so it's like every time they open, the murderers multiply. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, like, because like, I feel like these ghosts are going to be uh, ghosts without anybody to murder. Because, again, who the hell goes to this campsite? Maybe locals? I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious. I am curious to see, because like I said, there's lots of different shapes and plots I could see them taking in the second half of the season. But, mm -hmm. like... How can it possibly involve this camp? Now, right. I could be saying all this and to set myself up for disappointment because you know Murphy could just be like, LOL, kids totally will be sent to camp next year. Look at me. I'm writing it on the keyboard. A uh, bus full of kids arrives singing 99. Like, there you go. But, but like, you know, it's true. There are parents who won't vaccinate their children either. That's so true. That's you true. just don't know. I think it's good for kids to be exposed to ghosts and vengeful spirits. You know, how else are they going to learn how to def defeat them? You want their ghost immune system to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. And kids need to be exposed to some ghosts. Yeah. Need to learn off. The, need accident. to learn learn yourself how to beat off a serial killer. A three. <laughs> ain't going to ain't gonna hurt nobody. Nope. They're good people. <laughs> They're good people. All right. That's all we got this week. Fun episode. We've only got four more left. Yep. Uh, next week is going to be the special 100th episode. I'm really excited. You can, of course, find us on all of the social medias at Bald Move. And AHS at baldmove.com's email address once again. Forums.baldmove.com if you want to discuss it with your fellow fans on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. That's a thing you can do. And until next Wednesday, well, until next Friday, rather. Until Halloween, when our spirits can be released from this place. I'm your vengeful host podcast ghost, Aaron. And I'm your satanic demon, Cecily. 